Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, Queen City. You're wet. It's dark and nasty out there, but I love you anyway. Appreciate you being with us on a Friday afternoon. we got a lot of good stuff to get to. Chip Patterson in 40 minutes. We'll talk about ACC hoops. We'll talk about the uh, screaming match that me and Luke DeCock got into yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of things with Chip Patterson coming up in 40 minutes. Uh, the Hornets play tonight. They lost last night, and uh, there's a lot to say there. Panthers, offseason news, NFL Combine, what they're looking for. Again, we've got a busy show on the docket and make sure you are here listening to this show in 19 minutes we have some big show news coming up at 320 we're going to save that for 20 minutes from now uh but we have some big a big announcement about the show coming up in about 19 minutes so uh and for those of you who've listened to the show for a long time uh this is something that's been a long time coming so we will talk about this in 19 minutes. Make sure you're here at 320. 704-570-9610. Uh, we have a lot of good stuff going on. I do want to, we, we talked about it yesterday. I thought Walker had some very nice words at the end of Wes and Walker. Uh, but we gave you some updates yesterday on the show. I know Bone is giving you all some updates today. Uh, just another shout out to and thoughts and prayers to our good buddy Mark from Gastonia as as he's battling health issues. Um, you know, I, I've been, the, the seven-year anniversary of my first show, on WFNZ came and went. What was that smoke last week? Was that this week or la- it was last week? Right? It was last week. The seven-year anniversary of my first show on WFNZ was last week. Mark from Gastonia has been here the entire time, the entire stretch, and I will never forget six years ago. It's my favorite MFG story of all time. It was my first season doing Hornets pregame and postgame. I was doing both. I was burning the candle at both ends, and it was. Uh, I think he tweeted at me during a Hornets postgame show right before the, that's what it was. I was in here watching a Hornets game and MFG tweeted at me that he was going to call the postgame show. This was back when we were still taking calls on the Hornets postgame show. And I said, Mark, I'm sorry, man. I tweeted back at him and I said, Mark, I'm sorry, man, but uh, the FCC does not allow us to take phone calls from Gastonia after 10 PM. It's just too dangerous. We, we can't risk it for our F- FCC license. And he said, okay. And that was the end of it. And then weeks later, Bone walks in the studio and he says, hey, did, did you tell Mark that you can't take phone calls from Gastonia after 10 p.m.? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. I think I did that. And he was like, no, he took you seriously. He, he's been wanting to call in for weeks to the postgame show. But he said, Bone, Kyle said I can't call from Gastonia after 10 p.m., FCC or something. And it was it was just one of the funniest sweetest things i've ever heard in my <laughs> you know he actually called the fcc he called yeah he called the fcc <laughs> he called the fcc to find out if i was telling him the truth mark from gastonia called the federal communications commission to find out if i was telling the truth six years ago um and mark i'm sorry for that little white lie but damn if it wasn't one of the funniest things that's ever happened here at wfnz so we are thinking about you we know that you are um listening to us out there we know that you're you know, with us every day as often as you can be we love you buddy we're thinking about you and uh, we know you're going to pull through and everybody here's on your side whatever you need we got you 704-570-9610 uh hit us up we got a lot of good stuff coming first of all uh, let's put this to rest our just said kb are y'all pregnant again no i'm not pregnant <laughs> this one's just like five weeks out man uh, that's not even possible all right uh, and i guess technically it is but it's, it's it's definitely not that i assure you it is definitely not that um, the Hornets lost again last night, and that's not really a shock to anybody. The Bucks are a better team. They whooped the Hornets on Tuesday night, and the Hornets are still without two of their best young players. So, you know, we, we were hopeful that it wouldn't be as ugly as it was on Tuesday night, but that it would be more competitive. And, you know, it was that, right? It was, it was a bit more competitive, I guess, but it was still the result you kind of expected. They lost by a dozen, 111-99. 
Uh, the Hornets are still having a bit of difficulty finding offense. And boy, that's where LaMelo Ball would certainly come into play, right? Where he would definitely help the cause on the offensive end. Well, we had Steve Clifford on the show yesterday. And we didn't really get into, hey, where's LaMelo? Because I'd asked him that the week prior. And I think we all understand at this point that Steve's MO is, you know, I don't mess with that. I, they, they tell me who's available. I coach the guys who are healthy enough to play. Right. He's essentially just the only thing he's missing from Ron Rivera is I got to talk to RV. That's the only thing missing from that's, it's the same thing. You're right. It's the exact. Yeah. I got to talk to RV. I don't know how I never put those two together, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what that is. But uh, a couple of hours after Steve was heard on this show, he was on the podium pregame before the Hornets lost to the Bucks last night and was asked again about, well, basically, where's LaMelo Ball? It's hard to tell. I mean, look, he hasn't, you know, he's doing the same stuff now that he was doing two weeks ago. I, you know, like I, I that I don't, as you, I tell you guys, I don't know that stuff. You know, he does whatever they allow him to do. Um, there's a lot of factors in that, obviously. Uh, so I don't, you know, like today, you know, he did a lot of shoot around. He's, he's been doing that for a while. He wants to be back. It's just, you know, again, he he's not doesn't feel healthy enough, and people aren't comfortable enough that he should play. So I know he wants to get back. I mean, it's just a lot of factors in that one. So he's, he's trying to take up for him. I almost want to play it again because there's so many things that you can hear in that statement, and I'm not trying to put words in Cliff's mouth. But what he just said was, essentially, there are a lot of people in LaMelo's ear right now. I don't believe for a second this is the organization telling him to sit because they want to tank. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that LaMelo Ball and his support staff, you know, for lack of a better phrase, are making this decision. I, I believe that they are behind this. And, you know, Cliff is trying to say, hey, you know, I, I'm sure he wants to play because if saying anything else is a direct shot at or questioning his competitive desire. So he's couching, hey, I, I'm sure I know he wants to get back and, you know, but, you know, he's doing all these things and he's getting shots up and he looks good. I mean, I'm, I'm, again, kind of reading between the lines, but we can see it. Yeah, you know, he's springy and warm ups. He's getting a lot of shots up. And then Cliff says he's doing the same thing he was doing two weeks ago. Um, essentially, what it sounds like is, you know, LaMelo and, and his, you know, the, the folks around him are saying, I just don't know. If he's, I just, and I don't know what's behind it. I don't know if it's that it's a lost season. Um, he doesn't want to play for Cliff anymore. I don't know if it's, um, you know, he, he's got some sort of issue now where he's afraid with what's going on with his brother that this has become chronic. I don't know if it's in his head, if it's all about the mental. I don't know what this is, man. But it's it's not it's not good. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen in sports, but this guy needs to be playing. As Max said this morning, he's not polished. He's not a finished product. He's very talented. He needs to be playing. He's played in like 40% of their games in the last two years. What, what do you mean? It, it, there's no, shutting him down. What he just said, I'm telling you, KB, it sounds like the organization told him. Not to me, it doesn't. I had multiple conversations about this yesterday. I, I've it, I've got no indication, and I don't think just power of deductive reasoning that it looks like the organization's telling him not to play. So what are we left with there? Because Cliff sounds frustrated. Cliff sounds really frustrated. Well, there are a lot of people in LaMelo's ear. And what he said right there is, oh, there are people who are afraid. Okay, when, when he says there are people who are you know, afraid of him playing, or what was the phrase that he, that he used there, Smoke? He said there are people afraid of him playing. or There are people in his ear telling him what to do. If it's your training staff, you say it's your training staff. That's simple. That's clean cut. Hey, if the training staff's telling you, hey, he can't play yet, that's one thing. Well, there are people telling him, oh, who are those people? 
Who are those people saying that to him? That's what I want to know. 704-570-9610. So there's that going on. I don't want to belabor the point because Smoke's got a, a promo up of me ranting about this yesterday. Um, there was something else said on the station yesterday that I find interesting and that is going to probably likewise upset some people or get them fired up. Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, came on the station yesterday with Wesson Walker and said that um, he almost expects Steve Clifford to be back next year as the head coach. I would expect so. I mean, I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. I mean, um, I, I think certainly what we've seen a little bit before the deadline, I mean, before the All-Star break and, and the games since, um, I know there's been some lopsided games um, in, in, the last, in the last couple of games here, but I'd love to see what Cliff can do with, with NBA talent. I mean, that, that's what, uh, you know, and I think he can do a lot of good things here. And I think it's just a matter of kind of what the vision of how long this is going to take. Um, is it going to be two years or three years? Um, maybe you get lucky in the lottery and maybe, you know, you're, you're where Oklahoma city was a, a couple of years ago and you're not that far away here. So, you know, because there is a relationship there, I think, um, I would, I would say that there, there, you know, I don't want to talk for Jeff, but I would think there was, there is a good chance that, you know, at least for the next year, you kind of, you know, you, you have that working relationship and you can see cliff with, um, you know, with a little bit of a different lineup. There you go. All right. So Bobby Mark says he, he didn't guarantee it. He didn't say Cliff is 100% coming back, but he said he thinks there's a very good chance. You know, he and Jeff Peterson worked together in Brooklyn, as we discussed yesterday. Steve Clifford was a consultant when Steve Nash was the head coach up there. Uh, Clifford and, and Jeff Peterson do have a relationship and a positive one at that, is my understanding. So uh, there's a, I had a texter 919 number tell me a minute ago that LaMelo will be back once Cliff exits the building. It really is that simple. Well, there are increasingly a lot of folks who think there's a good chance Cliff's not going anywhere right now so what does that mean for Lamelo? and to, to i guess just dissect or examine your assertion there a little bit more well lamello is going to be back once cliff exits the, so you're saying he's refusing to play until the coach is fired is that what you're saying because if you think that reflects well on the young man i i don't i don't think we're going to get on the same page about much you might not think steve is the right coach for this team but steve's a pro and he does have a lot of support in that locker room a lot of those players do like him very much, including the guy that they just drafted out of Alabama, Brandon Miller. So if you're telling me LaMelo will be back once Cliff exits the building, well, that may turn out to be true, I guess. But what does that say about LaMelo Ball then? If he's refusing to get out there and play with his teammates the rest of the season because he doesn't want to play for Steve Clifford anymore. But the rest of these guys don't seem too bothered by it. The rest of these guys are doing their jobs. Is it because you're the $200 million man and, you know, you're different, you're special? Listen, I, I don't want to say these things about the $200 million player. I don't want to. I want LaMelo Ball here, man. I've been taken up for him, defending him against these people that want to trade him. But this ain't a good look. This is not a good look for him or anybody involved in the immediate orbit of all that's going on. Again, when you say LaMelo, he'll play when Cliff's gone. That doesn't look good on him. He's 22 years old. He's accomplished nothing in the league. So now he's taken up the post of, of coach killer for what? It's not like Cliff's a bad guy. Season's almost over. You couldn't stand to benefit from playing more NBA basketball? Because you're not a polished product. You're not a finished product. You've barely played with the number two overall pick that looks like a dude in Brandon Miller. So miss me with the tanking stuff and the organization told him to do it. And don't tell him, uh, well, he'll, he'll play when he comes back. I mean, and look, to that texter's credit, he said LaMelo acting immature is par for the course for a rookie with no locker room leadership. Well, he's not a rookie, man. He's in year four. He's in year four. He might still be pretty young, but he's in year four. I, you can only use the youth excuse for so long. They've committed to him. And he needs to act accordingly. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the text line. 
A uh, lot of folks here. Casey from Cherville says it's fine. LaMelo will be back next year or will be back in a few weeks. Him and Clifford are fine. He's getting all the way healthy. Just because he warms up doesn't mean he's fully healthy. Well, I, I like what you're saying there in the beginning, right? You seem pretty confident about that. And, and I'm actually with you. Just because he warms up doesn't mean that he's fully healthy. But he's been going through the routine and he looks pretty springy and healthy out there quite a bit. So even if you're, you are right, that doesn't mean that he's 100% ready to play at full speed in the NBA. But when people are seeing that and his length of absence has been this long, somebody could say something. You know, people pay a lot of money to go watch this team play and they're not particularly good. So when they do, they go to watch a guy like LaMelo Ball and nobody seems to know what's going on. And they lose again last night and they can't seem to score over 100 points anytime recently. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the text line. We'll come back. We'll take your thoughts. And uh, we've, we've got a show announcement, uh, a long time coming. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This is Dallas Bertans of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the home of the Charlotte sports fan. WFNZ emanating live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them at East Independence Boulevard or online at planetkianc.com. Um, I'm not trying to incite a riot against LaMelo Ball in the text line. That is not my intent at all. Uh, but I got a lot of trade him. Trade him. Get rid of him on the text line right now. They can't. The season's not over. The trade deadline's come and gone. But uh, nor do I think they're inclined to. And I don't really want them to. But this, this ankle injury situation has turned into something that um, is quite frankly ridiculous and I think should be a little bit embarrassing for everybody involved. Uh, there, there's no communication. Clearly, there are a lot of folks in LaMelo's ear that aren't affiliated with the organization that are telling him to sit out and, and to not play basketball right now. I think Steve Clifford's trying to walk a tightrope in terms of you know kind of staying out of it while also respecting his star player, but you know trying to be honest too because it's hard to look at this. There's still some people that have been saying, well, it kind of feels like the organization's holding him out. I've gotten no indication that's the case whatsoever. So we are talking about that right now. The, the FanDuel text line is humming. There are also people, a lot of people, guessing what the show announcement is about. It's a long time coming. We're about to bring it to you. Um, but I've gotten a lot of folks guessing, you know, what's going on? What's the show announcement? What's happening here? Um, so on and so forth. Well, I, I've seen some good stuff on the text. I will say there have been some wrong answers that are wildly entertaining. Okay. Smoke, Panther Bo said, Smoke's getting fired for that Vinny Del Negro mispronunciation. It is not that. <laughs> we, we, we would have done that the day after. <laughs> it would have been on awful announcing and all the sites. Yeah. Barrett Sports, Barrett Sports Media, all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So we, we got a lot of those coming in. Um, somebody said the show announcement is that uh, – Somebody said they're they're adding uh, Smoke's name to the show. Uh, that, that's what Brad guessed. Well, um, that's not it, but I thought about that during the break when I saw it, and Smoke, I've decided I want to do that anyway. So I, I think that uh, we're going to have a talk with somebody here soon, and this should be the Kyle Bailey Show with Smoke Ludwig. Your name needs to be on this show. Greatly appreciate it. So uh, we're, we're going to make that happen soon. So I, I, I've been thinking about that for a long time anyway, but Brad bringing it up, you know, uh, here there you go. Just spur of the moment, Smoke, we are doing that. Uh, we'll talk to the brass about it and get it done, assuming that, you know, I didn't just break any company rules by saying that on the air. But uh, <laughs> you and I have been together for almost seven years now, so I think that's um, that's that's something that needs to be accomplished. Uh, Bob Welsh wants to know if I'm going on maternity leave for a fourth child. Well, I'm a man, so the maternity part's not going to work out very well for me. Uh, I love you, Bob. But, no, the uh, the show... <laughs> 
Smoke, would you like to tell folks what the show announcement is? Oh, God. You, 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 want me. Me, you want me to do it? No, no, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do, do it. it if you want. I'll do it. I, I went on a date last night. <laughs> My boy went on his first date last night. Well, it's not your, is that your first date? First date in a long time. First date in a long time. First, okay, so Smoke, went, like last night felt like really official, though, right? Yeah. First, okay. the first time I've really tried to try in a long, like. It was, so hold on, let, let's, before we even get into the history of what you're doing, man, or what you've been up to. You you don't tell people it's your birthday in this in this building. You don't tell anybody about any sort of big life, um, you know, moments, milestone. You don't tell anybody anything. And out of nowhere, folks, how many years have the listeners to this show listened to us try to coax smoke into dating, talking to young women on the beach at Myrtle Beach when he goes on vacation? Um, you know, all those different things, all those different things. And out of nowhere. Smoke shows up yesterday or the day before and says, don't say anything to anybody. I've got a date on Thursday. I've got a date on Thursday. I told you before I told my parents. You did. I told my parents after today. You did. You did. <laughs> and you're like, well, why didn't you tell them? It's like, I see you more than I see my parents during the week. Yeah, look at the text line. They're loving it. The, the FanDuel text line's loving it. So how did the date go last night? Tell us what happened. Went really well. Went well, I mean, just obviously be a gentleman about it, but yeah. Yeah, it went really well. Uh it was very nice. We talked for about two and a half hours to the point where the place that we were at uh, was closing, and we lost track of time. Folks, they sat and talked until closing time last yes. night. Just, let, now you got that song in my head. Let that sink in for us. Closing time. Um, yeah, you sat. This so I, I was wondering. Obviously, we all we've a lot of us have been on a lot of dates. Some some good, some not so good. Some end early. Some you know last a long time. First date. You sit there with this nice young lady. I've seen her. She's she's a beautiful young lady. You sit there and you talk all night long until the restaurant closes down. Yes. And uh, to be fair, I, it wasn't long, long, long because, you know, I got off and it was 730 when the date was, you know, because our hours are a little bit weirder than the average person's hours. But, uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, two and a half hours. I, I didn't really feel like two and a half hours. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, I'm so excited for this. You think she's out there listening right now? What, what did she say when you told her what you do for a living? Because as someone who also does this for a living, I, you know, when you tell people what you do, they're at least intrigued, you know, if not outright, just fascinated by the fact that we talk into a radio every single day. That, and she was more fascinated. How does the board work? How much stuff is on the board that I say? And I, she's like, so how big is the board? And I, I was trying to look at the, the next thing. It's like, <laughs> it's about from this table right here to the table over there. It's about that table. She's like, oh my gosh! And she's like, she's like, how long did it take for you to get used to this? I'm like, eh. intrigued by the size of your board, huh? You walked right into I, it. You it. walked right into it. I, you know, if, even if I wanted to, I couldn't have let that one fly. I couldn't have let that one slide. <laughs> fair enough. Fair, fair enough. But yeah, she was she was intrigued. Uh, so uh, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. So, so here here's the real question. You talk till closing time. The place closes up. You clearly, you've enjoyed each other's company enough that you've sat together for at least, you know, a number of hours to get to know one another. What's next? What happened at the end? Uh, so we were walking out. I was about to ask her, but she beat me to it. She's like, can I have your number? So we She asked you. Oh, oh, see, I didn't even, you didn't even tell me this detail. Yeah. So she asked you for the number before you left. Yeah, I was about to ask, but she beat me to it. 
buddy, you did well. I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. 704 number just said, uh, she said, oh, she's listening, fellas. Go easy on our boy. You think we'd make him look bad today? Are you kidding me? You think we'd make, there was a little bit of innuendo, but that's as far as we're going right there. That's it. This man is a gentleman, and we will always present him as such. On your first date with this lovely young woman, you captivated her so much that you, you sat up there all night and talked until the, the place closed down. TC says he almost he fell out of his chair. He said, no kidding, I just fell out of my chair. I feel like a proud uncle. Can't wait for the little smokes to be running around. There we go. Oh my God. Well, little, little smoky sausages it's, it's just early, running around. It's early. It's early. Little smokies. Bunch of little smokies just running around. We're on like lap 10. Turning left. Just a bunch of little smokies in your house. Just run, turning left in the living room all Sunday afternoon while you're watching the race. We're on like lap five of the Coke 600. So, oh, let's, man. Let's careful here. Wow. Who paid the bill, Smoke? I did. Good for you. That's what I'm talking about. She was looks like, she's like, I remember she's like, you want to do it? Or I was like, I'll do it. That's exact. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's how you do it, Smoke. That's now, how I will you handle say, business. I, there was a close call. I uh, th- I had some chicken, and it went down the wrong pipe at one point. <laughs> and she was looking at me. He's like, you're okay? You started choking in the middle of your first date? Yes. I, I, was, I got scared, man. I got like, like, oh, no. Because I was like, up to that point, it would be going really well. And I'm like, this is how I go out. It was a good run. <laughs> first of all, Bebop from Rock Thrill started giving you advice, and it didn't last very long at all. It, it aged poorly. He says, wait three days to call her. Dude, she texted him at 5 a.m. this morning. Right? No, she texted me when she got home that night. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Uh, then he says, tell Smoke he's so money and he doesn't even know it. Phen- phenomenal. Cackalack says, big congrats, Smoke, but we got to get some sports back or we're going to lose KB as a love reality show host. Now nah, I'm not that into it. I'm not that into it. I, I will say uh, the-, the one unfortunate thing for a lot of fans around here, I did find out she is a Bears fan. Bro. Which kind of hurts a little bit with a lot of people around here. It's an NFC team. I mean, you'd prefer that not to be the case, right? Right. But, hey, it's not division. Yeah. It's not a division team. Somebody just asked, how red is your face right now? It's not. This man, three, four years ago, he would have been just, uh, his cheeks would have been rose-colored. I would have been like Hacksaw. Now you look smooth, man. Now you look comfortable in your own skin. You just knocked your first date out of the park. She asked you for your number, and you got a 5 a.m. text, my man. You got to feel good about that. I did eye contact, too, which uh, is something I was never really good at. Hit her with the eye contact, huh? Well, I, you you captivated really her? Good, like, I was horrendous with eye contact. Oh, buddy, I love it. I love it. I love it. Cam Tweets thing says, it's March 1st. Sports can wait. Full show of Smoke's date. Um, listen, I hope she's out there listening right now. I'm not going to say her name. I don't uh, think- we'll go ahead. and For now, she is Jane Doe. Oh, she's Jane Doe. Miss Jane Doe. Yes. Jim Gillen just said, I hope she's not listening. That might be the last talking about Little Smokies. No, you listen here, Jane Doe. You, f- you, you found yourself a mammoth of a man last night in every sense of the word, all right? This is a man right here. But we also ha- we, we take care of him here at FNZ. We protect his heart, so you better do the same. But you, you walked into a gold mine with Young Smoke, young smoke Ludwig. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I, I, I won't. <laughs> w- when can I hit her with the Bessemer City voice? Because she's basically family now. It's only been one date. Yeah, but she texted you at 5 a.m., bro. Like, that's, you did good last night. You did really good. 704-570-9610. Had a few people like, damn it, KB, we thought you were leaving the station. <laughs> Dude, this, is, this is way more important than me going anywhere. I feel like you would have done that in the first segment if you were no, leaving the station. This is step one to getting the next branch on the Ludwig tree, all right? That's what this is. Far more important than what I do for a living. Way more important than that. But I appreciate your concern. 704-570-9610. Salesman, of course, goes right to 
Uh, Smoke, you can convert her to a Panthers fan. It's all about the little Smokey. Um, more innuendo, obviously. But, you know, w- will you attempt to make her a Panther fan or will you let her hold on to her Bears allegiance? Uh, I have no promise she's a Bears fan or not. Like, I, I don't get offended by the Bears. Or hang on. The Bears. The Bears. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not offended by it. Okay. Herman Photography says you're un- undefeated since the trade deadline. Undefeated. Jonathan, though, who I'm pretty sure got into a fight with Marlo in the previous segment, <laughs> said that you failed for paying the, for the date. He was supposed to go Dutch. In what world was this man supposed to go Dutch? There are a lot of us that still believe in chivalry, big guy. Yeah, I, I believed in that. I was definitely going to do it for the first date. You did the right thing. Trust yeah. me. You did the right, Don't listen to Jonathan, okay? Don't ever take dating advice from Jonathan. They're talking about going Dutch. No, sir. Absolutely not. If I ask a lady out on a date, I'm paying for the date. That's how men are supposed to operate. 704-570-9610. Hit us up. We, we will talk about sports. But Smoke's date, I'm proud of you, buddy. That was phenomenal. I'm really happy for you. I see you seeing the text line over there. Someone said KB is more excited for Smoke's date than he is his blue cheese. I am, man. I am excited for it. First of all, I'm living vicariously through him now. All right. I, I've been married. How, how long have I been married? Six years? Oh. Five years? <laughs> Why did you say that? Because you I, uh, Man, 20- I got three kids. I've been married. I've been with her for a decade. Like I, October 13th, 2018. Thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. See, I still have my game because I messed up a little bit earlier because uh, our Gen Z salesman, uh, Drew, the Gen Z giant, has a Danilo Gallinari jersey on, Nuggets, but I completely blanked out. Ooh. So you and Colin are thinking one date, and I'm I'm toast. Like I, I've my run of being a sports encyclopedia is over. I like. It. Hey, you know what? I gotta uh, give some credit though to another listener who just made a good point. Nine eight zero number says, "Hey, being a Bears fan, at least you know she's loyal." Hey, that's for real, man. No, she she has said, "Yeah, it's not really been good." Right. You're looking for a loyal partner here, a loyal woman. And she's a Bears fan, man. Like, it's not going to get much more loyal than that. I mean, well, I'm a Hornets in Western Carolina. Well, I'm saying fan. two loyal people coming together to talk deep into the night. You, you fall into each other's eyes and everything. You can say that's that for a, yourself. That's a phrase. You can say that's that for I was, yourself. I was like, is that a phrase? Or oh, something? you know what, folks? Um, this is. <laughs> Sorry. Mason from Mason Bro just said, glad she's a Bears fan. She has low expectations. Why'd you have to go that direction with it, Mason? It's, it's objectively funny, but it's not nice. Um, I also, since we're sharing good news, uh, we just got a bit of good news from Bone. Apparently, Mark from Gastonia got some good news. I, I don't want to go into detail. Uh, it's not my place to share, but uh, we did get an update from Bone that there has been some good news for Mark from Gastonia for MFG over the hospital. And, and I'll wait for him to, you know, somebody else to, to share that more appropriately. But uh, it sounds like as of now, the latest for MFG, because a lot of you have expressed a lot of concern for him. To start the show, uh, there's been some recent good news for Mark from Gastonia. So uh, we'll leave it there. And uh, if somebody, you know, on that side of things makes an announcement, we'll let them do it. But I do like to pass along good news where we can. And I'll just say, I don't know for what you believe in, but uh, if you believe in the power of prayer, I think it's working. <laughs> That's true, man. I, I'm sorry. You're getting some great texts. I, it was it was one of those inappropriate times because when I look at people just reaching out to you, how giddy they are for you right now. And the fact that you were on a great date last night, I'm, we're all thrilled for you, buddy. We're all thrilled for you. All right, 704-570-9610. Stop asking if we can get his date on the phones. We're not going to call that poor girl and put her on the phone on this show right now. We're not, we cannot. No, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> all right, so there are a lot of good things to talk about. You know, I could yell and scream at Mac this morning for, for his uh, list of top five sports. I'm going to do that later in the show. Um, I was texting. I, I vowed to never listen to the Mac and Bone show again this morning after listening to that segment. I didn't mean it, of course, but I was I was very upset with Mac. The the underwear Olympics, all right, uh, began in formality yesterday 
and we've got different position groups going from to yesterday throughout Sunday and uh, I'm sure we're going to spend the weekend, at least some of us anyway, falling in love with prospects and, you know, imagining what Carolina could do and so on and so forth. I heard a theory this morning, or at least one discussed, that Carolina could actually go somewhere other than wide receiver or even offensive line with the 33rd pick, um, depending upon the position and who's there, and that after 33, they could then try to trade back up again to go get somebody if there was a wide receiver that was still sitting. You already looked highly skeptical of that, and I think we're on the same page with this. You don't want to do that, do you? No, I, I'm also kind of just feeling a BPA mode. Like I'd like to get receiver, but I also, it's also one of the situations where we don't know how the off is going to play out. They could be go heavy receiver and free agency. And then it doesn't have to get to where they have to take a wide receiver for, uh, with their first pick. I don't think they're taking an offensive lineman with their first pick, just because I feel like we already know what the line is supposed to be. The only, the only spot that I think could change is we don't know what the future holds for like Bradley Bozeman could be a cut. It seems like they're going to roll into this year with both the guards coming back, but they probably want to build a depth behind that. And that's where they could draft a guy in uh, the third round or early day three. Kyle, I I know I'm going to get some flack for this right here. Let's, let's hear it. But I would not hate it if it gets to the point where Peyton Wilson's the 33rd overall pick. Ah. <sighs> That guy is that special. You love you some Peyton Wilson. Yes, I do. What, what was his 40 time yesterday? 4-4-3? Four, 4-4-3. Four, 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 Easily the fastest with the linebackers. Fastest among linebackers. He's 6 feet 4 5. 6 4 6 5. He's a big boy. His athletic, in terms of height, weight, and all that stuff, it's they compared him to Luke Keekley. That didn't help. Yeah. That didn't help. Now, what's the only drawback? If you're, if you're looking at Peyton Wilson, and I think a lot of people... Like Carolina fans are probably going to be, yeah, no. I would love to have Peyton Wilson here. I mean, in some ways, he's a bit of a a mini Dan Morgan, right? Uh, big guy, linebacker that can run, hard nose from North Carolina, understands the culture. I mean, all of it, right? I would love to have Peyton Wilson here. But is that a guy you use the 33rd pick on when you're not picking in the first round at all? Is that Can, can you do that? That's the question. Uh, th- that's the only concern. And it's one of those situations where I don't know. They might be in a situation where they can trade down on draft night. Like, I, I don't know how high he's going to list because the main concern you have with, there's two concerns you have with Peyton Wilson. One, I get somewhat, especially if you're in a team that is more like one or two pieces away. He plays linebacker in an era where linebacker has been de-emphasized. If this was the 2000s, I think it would be more of a legit possibility of him getting more higher ta- uh, draft talk. The other concern is the injuries more and his you compared him to Dan Morgan. His injuries have not been as much concussions. It's right. been more so the knees and the ACL. Yep. That's the only concern you have with, with Peyton Wilson, but I'll tell you what he is. He is 100% bona fide dog dog. dog. And what dog. I mean, dog, I'm meaning like dog face, gremlin, Rick Steiner type dog. <laughs> I feel like you, when you see him coming out, you just need to go. <laughs> that's what i see with him man well just howling like a wolf uh no but like the wolfpack fans are loving this wolfpack fans are loving this but we have one clemson guy cam tweets things who says wilson's the only non-wide receiver i'd be okay with at 33 he agrees with you big cat dan just said no absolutely not no there are a few more like no not at 33 i'd like him but not at 33 i i don't think this happens but it is notable that a guy who has dealt with some injuries Still ran the fastest 40 of any linebacker, 4-4-3. He's got the size at 6-4, 6-5. Uh, 
Um, I mean, just a hell of a physical player. The heart and soul of the Wolfpack defense. Would love to have him here, but I just don't think they can justify doing that at 33 given what they need. I, I don't know how they do that. Maybe I'm thinking about it the wrong way, but I don't, I don't think they can justify that. Yeah, and that, that's the concern, especially if you have no first-round pick and you got you don't have as many draft assets. That's the only concern, but I also feel like sometimes you got to go with the non-sexy pick. I remember, I've mentioned it before with the lack of draft assets, but 2013, DT was a massive need that offseason, but they took two defensive tackles, which was questioned a lot by people. It worked out. Both of those defensive tackles turned out to be very good starters. K1 Short turned out to be a all-pro defensive tackle in his own right. And we, we love Luke Keekley. People thought Marty was insane for taking him. Like, what? We got John Beeson. Well, he turned out to be right about that. 704-570-9610. We'll come back to this, but right now we go to Smoke on the headlines. Who is Smoke? Where is Smoke? <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Let's go. Oh, I bet if Jane Doe knows who Bill Walton is, she just loves that just now. Oh, if she knows who Bill Walton is, oh, buddy, she's in love now. All right. Well, we start, we're starting things off by continuing to talk about the combine. Jordan Schultz just came out with this report, who's an NFL analyst for Bleacher Report. Uh, he says it's been a great week for quarterback Drake May. He caught up with a few executives who marveled at his arm talent and leadership. <clears throat> Merrill Hodge. One mentioned how May always took care of his O-line whenever doing NIL deals. Something, Sometimes the little things, seemingly inconsequential, can actually go a long way for teams during the evaluation process. So despite Merrill Hodge not being a big fan of Kirk Benkert, uh, sorry, <laughs> it wasn't even that good of a Virginia quarterback. No. Uh, no. Uh, seems like it's been a good week for Drake May. So where, where did that report originate from again? Uh, Jordan Schultz. Jordan Schultz. He's He's got some intel. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I... I, I Merrill Hodge may turn out to be right, but you have to point out that his opinion is very much in the minority when it comes to Drake May. So we'll see. What you got? All right, keeping things with the NFL Combine, this has been one of the more interesting things. We heard that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to be doing any testing in the pre-draft process, Combine, even pro days. And apparently he was scheduled to speak at the NFL Combine today, but never showed up. Marvin Harrison Jr. just didn't show up. Yeah. Uh, someone did point out he learned to keep his mouth shut from the best. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Okay, shots fired. Um, any? Does anybody have any idea where he is? I, I mean, I'm not that invested. No, no, but he's it, still, I think he's still in Indy. But he's not. he didn't talk with the media. It was the media. No, not. I know. But, like, why even go to the combine? Like, what's he doing? What's he up to? Is he just wandering around the concourse? Is he hanging out at St. Elmo's? Is he going to catch a Pacers game later? Like, what? It, where is he? What's he doing there? It's weird. What else you got? And finally, the Saints continued quest to try to get more cap money, even though they don't have any cap money, continues as they have cut safety Marcus May. There you go. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This is Vasilya Misic of the Charles Hornets. You are listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, home of the Charlotte sports fans. Friday 
afternoon, Queen City. We appreciate you being with us. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the FanDuel text line. Same number for the phone line. And on Twitter, at Kyle Bailey Club. It's at Kyle Bailey, C-L-U-B, or X, whatever. You you, you get the point. Uh, we got a busy show coming up in about 35 minutes. Paul Biancardi talking a little college hoops, as we do on Fridays with him. Nate Wimberly's back in studio at 5 o'clock. And let me tell you, uh, Nate Wimberly is uh, fired up. When it comes to LaMelo Ball, he's got some thoughts. If you've listened to him the last couple of weeks, he's not a big fan. Uh, but Nate's back at 5 o'clock. We'll get his thoughts on all things going on on the Charlotte sports landscape. Also yesterday, if you missed it, um, got, things got a little spicy in here, uh, at least during the 4 o'clock hour. Me and my buddy Luke DeCock of the Raleigh News and Observer, we got to shout at each other a little bit. Smoke, why are you shaking your head over there? It's not like mom and dad were fighting yesterday. We just we yelled a little bit. That's Kinda all. felt like it. It felt like it? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, our next guest knows Luke, and, and we'll see what he thinks about the argument from yesterday. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Chip Patterson, how you been, man? What were we all fighting about? Well, I tend to agree with, uh, you know, did you, did you see Scott Van Pelt's one big thing two nights ago about the net rankings? Oh, we lose Chip? I got you. Did you see Scott Van Pelt's one big thing about the net rankings two nights ago? I did see uh, his one big thing, yeah. Okay, so, you know, Luke and I, I played it for him. I wanted his reaction. Um, you know, he starts talking about how, well, the Big 12's not really gaming anything. And, um, you know, a, a few things. Well, the math is the math. And, and I disagree. I, I'm more on the Steve Forbes side of things. Uh, when you look at it, it's not that I don't think that the ACC can do the same thing that the Big 12 is doing, and it's not that I think the Big 12 is doing something nefarious, but you know, when you look at the ACC being 9-3 and three against that presumed best conference in America, and you see what I think are some very obvious and obnoxious narratives um, about the ACC that don't really hold up, especially once you get to tournament time, I, I do have a problem with some of the system, and you know, I do fall in line with some of the coaches. And Luke and I got to yelling about the math being the math and you know everything else. Uh, what do you think about that particular on, ongoing conversation and controversy? Yeah, um, so I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Wes Miller, all right? Someone you know, your audience is very familiar with. You are the head coach of Cincinnati, and you are taking the Cincinnati Bearcats into a conference that, you know, has objectively been one of the best, if not the best, conference in college basketball. The 9-3 record is significant, but, like, the ACC also at times has had a winning record against the SEC. We don't have an actual sober conversation where we're saying the ACC is a better league than the SEC, but that is the head-to-head record. So you're Wes Miller, and you know that when you are going through your Big 12 schedule, that means you are going to have to be playing the likes of uh, Kansas, which has won a national championship in recent years. Baylor, which has won a national championship in recent years. Houston, which has been a Final Four team. Of course, all of these are terrific coaches. And you start to see, well, well goodness, like where are we going to get the win? And so the examples that have been shown are Cincinnati and Iowa State, which to me are head coaches that say, look, i just got to get my guys confident. So if you were one of these middle-of-the-road Big 12 teams, about to face a conference schedule of many of the recent Final Four participants and national champions, then you might also schedule that way just so that you cannot demoralize your team by the middle of the season. So there is some side of this that's not nefarious. They're not gaming the net intentionally. I think there's a lot of cases where, especially we keep coming back to Big 12 teams doing that. I'm like, gee, why do you think Big 12 teams are doing that? Because they're playing a schedule that, from their coach's eyes and from the, you know, the team's eyes is going to be riddled with losses. 
No, I hear you. But when you line it up, you know, the, the AC or the Big 12 has six teams in the net ranking top 50 that have a non-conference schedule of 250 or worse. And the ACC has zero despite being nine and three or I'm sorry. And they're also nine and three against that conference. Well, I don't think it means one definitive thing, but I do think it casts a lot of doubt on the reliability of the data that you're asking us to take as gospel. Well, how about this? Well, you, I think the target is on the wrong thing here. You, the silliness of it all, the thing that keeps me from getting too passionate about it is that based on the net numbers going into the game, when Wake Forest was playing Notre Dame, a Wake Forest loss to Notre Dame would be a quad three loss. They were at number 140. Then Notre Dame wins. They exceed the model's expectations. And by exceeding the model's expectations, the net and ranking improves. Voila, Wake. By losing, you have now given yourself another quad two loss. Like, the arbitrary cutoff lines and the significance that we put on results that can flirt back and forth night to night, that is silly to me. I think you should look at all of the data at the team sheet and be able to make some decisions on how these teams stack up against each other. I think too much obsession over the individual records in all the different quads is very silly because of how arbitrary it is, how fluid it is, and things like Wake Forest helping itself by losing to Notre Dame. Well, again, Chip, you know I think you're a smart guy. I really do. I guess when you're asking me when it comes to metrics and, and you know the kind of equations and algorithms that go into this stuff, just to trust that you know, the folks that set it up know exactly what they're doing, and when the output doesn't really jive – well, you get the point. I, I don't want to belabor it. I want to move on to a couple of different things here. Um, Chip, the UNC Board of Governors, System Board of Governors, voted yesterday to give the system president and itself final authority over a school's ability to change athletic conferences. There was the Andrew Carter report from a couple of days ago that Carolina's been telling the SEC and the Big Ten that they're a package deal with NC State in any potential realignment. What do you make of this? How expected is this? And how do you think this changes what could happen moving forward? On the Board of Governors side of this, I think that this is, you know, like whatever happens is going to be landmark. And anyone with a leadership leadership position anywhere tied to this is going to exert every bit of leverage and influence that they have. Because in terms of college sports in the state of North Carolina, the upcoming wave of conference realignment, if it does involve North Carolina and or NC State, Leaving the ACC, you know, founding members, you know, like always very much a part of that league's history intimately, um, it's, it's a land, it is a landmark decision. So not surprised at all that everyone with any bit of power, university system, board of governors, legislature, I mean, you, you, you name anyone with any kind of political power uh, that would be anywhere tied to this, they're going to make sure that they exert as much leverage as possible. The package deal thing is very interesting. Um, I remain uh, of the mindset that North Carolina is one of the most coveted of the ACC programs when it comes to the SEC and the Big Ten. And it has long been my uh, thought that North Carolina probably is not going to be the first team to break through the wall and leave the conference. But we'll see what happens um, with Florida State and the ACC because. Getting this done now, uh, I don't think is uh, I, I don't think the timing. You're going ahead and rushing to get everything lined up, so you've got the process. Once invitations are extended, 
I think you can sort of see the end game being put together at all levels of power. I'm with you. Hey, real quick before I let you go, there's been a lot of Drake May chatter this week. Guys like Merrill Hodge and Kurt Bankert and you know one or two others going after him from an evaluation standpoint in the draft. But I still get the sense that you know the majority uh, you know loves Drake as a prospect going into the NFL. What are your thoughts? Um, this is every single scouting card has positives and negatives. And when you get tired of um, looking for negatives, you're nitpicking. No, uh, Mer- I didn't hear Merrill Hodges' comments or Kurt Ben Kurt's comments, but w- what I know is that in this process of the draft evaluation, when you're throwing out all this nitpicking, talking about why the, you know they shouldn't be ranked this high, like like ask them if they would take Drake May uh, or Spencer Rattler. Honestly, like what? How okay? If you're so down on Drake May. How far are you sliding down? How many quarterbacks would you take uh, over Drake May at this point? And I think that any sober-minded analysis says that he's no lower than three. You might like yourself, uh, Jaden Daniels. You might be on that team that believes that Caleb Williams you know, is the top pick. But in terms of being a prospect at the NFL level, uh, Drake May has shown too much and has too much for him to be thought of as anything less than uh, a top-tier quarterback. Always enjoy it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. 704-570-9610. Playmaker Baker says, can't wait to have, can't wait to watch the Big Ten have two teams left after the first weekend. And here's the thing. You know, as always, I'm going to continue to be an ardent defender of whatever conference my team plays in, but especially the ACC. So that shouldn't come as a shock to anybody. Maybe the ACC has a disastrous tournament and they're laughing at the ACC this year. Who knows? Or, you know, maybe the trend continues that the ACC outperforms the Big Ten and, and other major conferences in the NCAA tournament because that's typically what the ACC does. Uh, and so, yeah, it will be funny if that's what happens. I agree with you. Hour number two next. It's the best audio in sports on Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.